The Adam Crowley Show. I'm with you, and you know what? That'd be an even better point than your cheese piece today. And that's saying something, because your cheese pieces are unbelievable. Thank and you, sir. my favorite thing on Twitter. Adam Crowley. Oh, yeah. Cheese. Yeah. On ESPN Pittsburgh. T.J. Watt forfeited 38% of his weekly salary in fines for his hit on Matt Ryan. I'm going to spend all three hours on that. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. At the Carson City Saloon, the Bud Light Happy Hour coming up at 6 o'clock. Shirtless Tom back in the studio. Check him out on Twitter, at ButtonPusher970. TJ Watt got fined for doing what the National Football League wants him to do, which is to avoid the quarterback. I said earlier on in the week on this very program that that's exactly what they're trying to get to happen. Players diving at quarterbacks' knees and then realizing, oh, no, I can't do that, and trying to get out of the way. Finding him for that is atrocious, ridiculous. It's very upsetting. And if I'm T.J. Watt, next time I'm getting my money's worth. That's what that tells me to do. If I'm going to try to get out of the way and I'm still going to get fined, then why not take that mother trucker's knees out? Why not hit Matt Ryan in the same place the doctor checks your reflexes? Why not make his MCL and ACL and PCL all become one thing? Why not make him lose a leg? Because if he's going to get fined either way, you get what you're paying for. 38% of his weekly salary for Matt Ryan to not have been hit. Tassinite, 38% of your salary to knock the first-string quarterback out of the game? Well, I can get behind that a little bit. And that's the mixed message the NFL's now sending. Had they admitted their mistake, had they said, ah, it should not have been a flag, and he's not going to get fined, I think the right messages are being sent. But when you can start doing things that aren't illegal, getting penalized and fined for it, then why not just go out there and try to kill a dude? Vontez Burfick is certainly going to try to get his money's worth. James Harrison would certainly have tried to get his money's worth. Ryan Clark certainly would have tried to get his money's worth. If you're going to police the game, if you're going to try to get players to stop doing the things you don't want them to do, then you have to adjudicate the punishments properly. And the NFL dropped a huge ball in this instance. Penguins won last night. My Twitter mentions did not reflect the happy times. As Phil Kessel had a hat trick, and I had all kinds of trolls up my ass. All this stemming from a tweet that I sent out two weeks ago saying, Of these four players, who's most likely to have a bounce back year? I included Phil Kessel because I'm not going to send out a second tweet if I don't have to. So I just shoehorned Phil Kessel into the first tweet, and the question's answer from my mouth was Phil Kessel because of the great season he had last year going into the playoffs I thought that he could have a great season this year and you could include the playoffs I love Phil Kessel 
He's one of the biggest reasons why the Penguins were able to win back-to-back Stanley Cup championships a couple of years ago. So, eat me. Stay the hell out of my menchies, and if you don't, you're getting muted left and right. The lion does not concern himself with the opinion of the sheep, but since I am neither, I will mute and block you. Kessel was great, though. Two breakaways, a quick release off a Malkin face-off win. I know Twitter's all about coming up with hot takes and not putting anything into context, but I am still surprised just how many of you dolts are throwing Kessel's success back in my face. Every time Kessel scores, people are going to rip me. And I'm just going to be on the other side of it being happy because I want Kessel to score. I want the Penguins to win. I want good things for the hockey franchise in this town. I root for him. I root for the team. I said he needed to bounce back from what was a shoddy playoffs, and if you can't see that it was, I can't help you understand hockey. But on a list of four players who need to rebound, he was my number one candidate that was likely to do so. So get off my lawn after you've kissed my ass and after I've shoved my foot up yours. 412-922-2874. Please don't tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. The Steelers go to Cincinnati, Paul Brown Stadium, PBS, public broadcasting. And if you're back, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers you're supposed to be, you got to do what you always do. you got to beat Cincinnati. Ben is 12-2 at PBS. The Steelers overall are 17-3 in Paul Brown Stadium. The Steelers were 6-0 in the division last year. The Steelers need to walk in there with their sack in their hands, and they need to flex their muscles. I expect it to be close. I don't think the Steelers go in there and wipe the floor with Cincinnati. Since he's done a good job of winning close games this year, they're 3-0 in close games, the Steelers are 1-1-1 after going 8-2 and two last year. So if you're back, if you're the team you're supposed to be, you go in there and you make the plays and get home with the W. People keep talking about how good Cincinnati's defense is, how good Cincinnati's offense is. The statistics on both sides don't do anything for you. It's that they're finding ways to win. Go in there, shut down the things that they do do well, and get the hell back. Here's what they do well. They let Geno Atkins eat, and unlike T.J. Watt, his sacks have been spread out throughout the season. He's been a dominant player in just about every game they've played this year. So if you are the Steelers' offensive line, if you're the interior there, you block his ass. It's all you got to do, and you'll have success against that defense. On the other side, it's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, in 14 games against the Pittsburgh Steelers, has only completed 60% of the passes four times. He's your bitch. If this was prison, never mind. You go in there and you win that game. If you are the Pittsburgh Steelers that you're supposed to be, you go in there and you say, this is our stadium. There's going to be 40,000 fans there. 20,000 of them are going to be in black and gold waving the terrible towel. By the end of the third quarter, you're going to have the Escaloser on. That's the way it's supposed to look. Make sure it looks that way again. Because if you go in there and lose, you're frauds. You're paper champions. Because even Steelers teams in the past that weren't all that great, they did one thing all the damn time. They beat the Bengals 
in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, here's the one thing they do well on offense. Throw the ball to A.J. Green. you got five touchdowns on the air. Tyler Boyd has more catches, but Joe Hayden, I think, if he can shut down Julio Jones, he can shut down A.J. Green. You do that, you stop Geno Atkins, you win the game, you get the Escaloser going, and you go into the bye week at 3-2-1 and one, feeling pretty okay about yourself after the inauspicious start. How about Casey DeSmith in last night's game? That dude is good. He's little, man. You know this. I know this. But he's fun to watch. Goaltending anymore in the NHL ain't fun to watch. It's about six foot four through six foot six dudes sliding from one side of the crease to the other, not having to do all that much of anything athletic and just allowing the puck to hit them in the crest. It's all about angles. And yes, while I understand there is a technique to it, it ain't as fun to watch as a guy like Casey DeSmith. It ain't as fun to watch as a guy like Johan Hedberg, as a guy like Martin Brodeur. He's a throwback goaltender. Now, he ain't as good as Martin Brodeur. Case is out whether or not Casey DeSmith can be as good as Johan Hedberg, but 35 of 37 saves. Not a lot of big rebounds despite having to move side to side. Usually, if you're going to have to be athletic, you're going to have to make some scrambly-type saves, and the puck's just going to be sitting there. Didn't think that that was the case last night. He had a big-time save on Belmare and a 2-on-0. I, at no point, thought that the Golden Knights were going to score there because his partner in the 2-on-0 was, well, Ryan Reeves. But still, it was a hell of an athletic play. The Penguins don't have back-to-back games until Thanksgiving. So you might not be seeing very much of Casey DeSmith. But Josh Joey was on the program yesterday and he said that Casey DeSmith was the Penguins' by far best goaltender in the preseason. And Casey DeSmith coming in for his first game was way better than we saw Matt Murray in the first two games of the season. I'm not saying you replace Murray. It's asinine for those words to come out of my mouth in whatever order they do. But I think the Penguins have something there in Casey. I think he's a pretty stanking good backup. It's good for the team that they don't play back-to-back until Thanksgiving. It does stink for him. But good to see him perform. He had the opportunity. He seized it. I said the Steelers have to go to Cincinnati and put their feet on their throat to pronounce that they're back. Well, the Penguins, they got the win last night, but they're not back. They were challenged by the coach, and yes, they played better. Were they perfect? Hell no. After the game, Mike Sullivan said the Penguins didn't have swagger. That's alarming. The way the coach challenged them to come out and put their pedal to the metal and for them to not have the typical swagger that they do that does startle me a little bit they were out shot 37 to 22 so while it was somewhat better it still wasn't what you wanted to see as i mentioned casey the smith was very good he kept this from going the other way but the penguins did not possess the puck enough that's not a huge red flag but it got my ears up right now a week off, a challenge from the coach, and they still get outshot and outpossessed? Hmm. That being said, Mike Sullivan said the effort to play defense was more apparent. I think that showed up on the stat sheet as the Penguins blocked 27 flipping shots. You never want to be in that position, though. Vegas only had to block 10. I'm guessing they would have blocked more had the Penguins attempted more. There were also a few turnovers just inside the offensive blue line. That's not what you want to see. That's a no-no. 
Crosby and Gensel not connecting on a pass cost the Penguins the first goal, as it was also coupled with a bad line change. That being said, you did see good things from Latang, who didn't have a point, but he was steady, and I think he's been really good so far this year. Wasn't great in period number one against Washington, but he's been very good since then. He had a beautiful, oh my God, display of skating, and he set Crosby up, who fanned on the shot. And I think Crosby was a little pissed about it. I don't think Crosby fits into the didn't-have-swagger category as he delivered two big-time hits on one shift in the second period. Here's the biggest red flag right now. The Johnson-Schultz line, remember the big old free agent acquisition, was brutal. And I mean brutal. They were on the ice just for one goal against, but they were outshot attempted 25-6. to 25-6. to six. That's a 19 differential in shots allowed. That's not good. They could have easily been on the ice for more than just the one goal allowed. They've got to get better. One thing I did like, Ricola played 18 minutes on the right side of Jamie Alexiak, and hey, he looked fine. He almost set up Phil Kessel's fourth goal of the game. I'm happy he didn't. If he did, my Twitter only would have blown up more. Coming up next, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins the program to discuss whether or not the Steelers have the swagger the Penguins don't have to go in there and beat the snot out of a team they always beat the snot out of. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowman. On ESPN Pittsburgh. T.J. Watts having to sacrifice 38% of his weekly salary for not hitting a quarterback in the knees is absurd. And Vontez Perfect, if put in the same situation as T.J. Watt was, absolutely would have taken Matt Ryan out. Without a doubt, Matt Ryan doesn't have legs, doesn't have knees the next day if it's not a guy who's as nice as T.J. Watt. I I don't know how to put it. Uh, There are are no other ways to put it. Vontez Perfect's a bad dude. T.J. Watt's a good dude who did the right thing, and he's still going to get fined. All that tells me to do, if you are a defender, is get your money's worth. You could do the right thing and still get f for it? Nah, that ain't the way this is going to fly. Jerry Dulac expected to be joining us in a few minutes here on the Crowley Show. 412-922-2874 is the number to call if you'd like to get involved. I mentioned before the Penguins' defense last night having some problems. Ricola wasn't one of the guys who did. He played 18 minutes on the right side of Jamie Alexiak. He looked fine. He almost set up Kessel's fourth goal of the game. He didn't necessarily blow me away, but he also didn't look bad and for a team that's looked bad defensively to have a player come in and not look bad well that's an improvement I would imagine that Ole Mata is not going to be playing in the next game you know how hockey coaches are loath to F with what's winning well what's winning right now what's won the last game is Jamie Alexiak paired with Ricola 
I'm never going to learn how to say his name correctly because I never plan on saying it correctly. Eli Manning sucks. Uh, this just in, spoiler alert, not good. But I don't necessarily want to talk about Eli. The New York media that proclaims to be the toughest in the entire league, they say, right? Oh, Pittsburgh, you guys aren't tough enough on your guys. We're New York. We're Boston. We're the big cities. We're going to give these guys the business. Oh, yeah, are you? Well, they went soft last year and protected Eli Manning's soft little baby bottom. They should have moved on from him last year. That's a huge issue. They're a year behind this rebuild right now, and for what reason? Just to, why? To protect his feelings? Because he owes them so much? Because, he, because they owe him so much? Because he won that team two Super Bowls? Nah, F that. That's backwards. That's ridiculous. Tom, you were watching the game last night, even though you said you weren't going to. What did you think about Eli Manning's performance? And what do you think about the New York media, the toughest media in the entire country, saying, well, no, you can't, you can't get rid of Eli, you can't. They forced their hand last year. The New York media, the Francesas of the world, they made sure Eli stuck around. Yeah, no, I think it's clear that the New York media has gone soft, all of them, um, especially in this scenario. I only caught, like, about... The second quarter last night before I went to the movie, but uh, did Eli throw the ball more than five yards down the field at any point? No. Or was that just when I was watching? No, it was the whole game? Yes. I mean, what the hell kind of offense is that? Can he not throw the ball far, far, that far down the field, or is that just what Shermer wants to do? Like, what's the deal here? I realize that we're not allowed to do burning <laughs> questions because no, it is a Friday, but is Saquon Barkley good enough to make Eli Manning worth watching, or I guess you could ask it the other way, is Eli Manning so bad that even though Saquon Barkley is a generational talent, you won't even turn him on? No, I think it's the, f the former than the latter there. I think They're the same thing! You th are you sure about that, though? No, I'm not. Yeah, it, Saquon Barkley was the only reason why I even thought about turning on the game last night, and I was rewarded because the screen pass that Eli dumped off to him was one of the most unbelievable non-touchdown runs I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that was insane. It was insane, Brian. And and I know that announcers love to, like, compare players to greats from the past, but that was Barry Sanders out there, no? I mean, it looked it a lot like it. And I mean, how hard is it to single tackle that guy? You can't. Like, it's impossible. You can't. Tree trunks. He had the most impressive nine-yard run I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Yes, just yeah. before that big run. I mean, what the hell are you doing? I mean, it's not human. And... I know Le'Veon Bell's a great player, and I know that we've discussed how good Le'Veon Bell has been on this show and how much the Steelers miss him, but he's not as good as Saquon Barkley. Sa Saquon Barkley's the best player in football right now. Wow. How about that? That's a hot take, but honestly, I don't know if it's wrong. It's not that hot, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds hot, but... You're right. I mean, hot, 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 hot. Yeah, but I mean, he comes in, hits the ground running, literally. I mean, he is one of the best players in the league right now, and we've yet to see really what he can do. Their offensive line blows. Just I mean, going to say that. Horrendous. That's awful. And how about this? The Cincinnati Bengals right tackle was so bad that he didn't even make the cut for the New York Giants. They got rid of him, and now their offensive line is in shambles. So that tells you just how bad the Cincinnati Bengals' offensive line is going to be. Imagine if you're one of those people who has the take that Saquon Barkley's not that good. Uh, imagine if you're one of the people who thinks, oh, he's not that impressive because most of his production has come from 
uh, a number of carries, five carries. That's asinine. You've been Those count. You've been talking to Pitt fans? <laughs> I don't think it's just Pitt fans. I, I think that that's kind of been a national narrative. Maybe not that outweighs the predominating fact that he is that good, but I, I do think that a number of people say he's not as good as we thought he would be. He's not worth a top five pick. I think any time that there's a phenom out there, there's always going to be that faction of people that try to just hate on him initially. Like I, I was a little younger when LeBron came into the NBA, but there were people that were just going to have the take that he's going to fail, just to have the take that he's going to fail and hope that it turns out. And they can look at the people that all were drooling over this one athlete when he was in high school and be like, look at how dumb you looked when you said he was going to be great and he sucked. And that's really all that the Saquon Barkley hate boils down to in my mind. It is kind of sad seeing him on this Giants team. Oh. And, and, I mean, Eli is just a parody of himself at this point. I mean, he's bouncing balls off of helmets, for God's sakes. He's Blake, Blake Bortles did the same thing that Eli Manning did this week, hitting their own dudes in helmets for interceptions. I mean, it's, just, it's insanely bad. And I feel bad for Barkley having to play on this team. I mean, it's really – imagine if he had a good line, oh a my good God. quarterback. He's the MVP would, right now. Oh, dude, it would be off the charts. Joe, imagine if he had been drafted by the Browns first overall. Well, so what I was going to say is the New York media, I was hard on them earlier in the segment, but they might have done the Giants a huge favor because if they don't bitch and moan and say Eli is owed a nice getaway, he's allowed the swan song, let him have the Kobe Bryant, right, where every stadium's going to give him the jersey, they owe him that much, right? Well, no, I think they owe that to David Tyree. But if they don't do that, then they draft a quarterback probably last year. Right. If they move on from Eli, they've got one of those quarterbacks. They don't have Saquon. Well, now next year, they're still picking in the top five. Don't kid yourselves, Giants Nation, Big Blue Nation. <laughs> there's, this, there's this take out there that, well, they cost themselves a chance at a quarterback. The hell they did. Now they'll get Saquon Barkley and the quarterback next year because they will be picking in the top five. We're joined now by Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network. He's brought to us by the pub in Tonnendale. Oakdale, $3 Bud Light, 16-ounce aluminum bottles are sold during all Steelers games. Jerry, what's going on, man? How are you, Adam? Doing well. Jerry, is it going to be bloody on Sunday? Well, first of all, I apologize for being late. You know, I don't know. I I don't know because if you recall... there hasn't been the type of talk that we've had before. And if you recall after uh, the playoff game the following year in 16, both coaches tried to downplay it. There was no talk of that. They were dismissive of it. And, you know, n- nobody got into that kind of discussion. And what did we have? Another free-for-all, basically. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think, um, you know, unless they've been asked about it, uh, obviously nobody mentions it. Um, but it has been discussed because they've been asked about it. So I don't, I don't know. Here's why I, here's why I say there's a 50% chance of it not happening is because the thug Adam Jones is no longer there. So you've got two agitators, two bleep disturbers, as they refer to them in hockey, in Vontez Burfitt and Adam Jones. And Adam Jones, thankfully, is no longer there. So I think the chances of this occurring, like I said, are cut in half. Yeah, I would agree with that, Jerry. Uh, I was lamenting yesterday that 
<sighs> Vontez Perfect runs around like a monster, right? And he has no regard for human safety. Meanwhile, Ryan Shazier, nicest guy in the world, he goes out there and he's the guy that gets hurt. It just, right. It's, you know, only the good die young, I suppose, right? Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette joining us here on the Crowley Show. Um, in that vein, um, do you think that there's going to be any emotion carryover from what happened last year with Ryan Shazier? I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't think so, um, Adam, because it becomes counterproductive to what the Steelers want to do. It was tough enough getting through that last year. Um, but, um, you know, so I, I, I mean, I think they've gone through that whole period. They are obviously encouraged by what they have seen. He's around every day. He's walking, uh, you know, without any aid. Um, so I, I, I think that period is, is gone. Um, and I don't know that I really don't think it's any source of motivation or inspiration. He's an inspiration to him every day at practice. So, um, uh, I, I don't think so. The, the one thing I'll be curious to see relative to what you just said and your previous point is I want to see if Vontez Burfitt, uh, to, uh, exact some retribution on Juju Smith Schuster. I don't think he's going to go out of his way and give it the Antonio Brown treatment. But I think uh, I think if he gets a chance, he's going to pop him and, 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 you know, shove his face in the turf. Yeah, yeah that's, think, who he, that's who he is. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Anytime he's on the football field, the chances of that happening are great. And Pretty if good, he right. feels like someone's got one over on him, it's only going to be more so, you'd have to think. Uh, Jerry, how good is Cincinnati? I know they're 4-1. and one. But they could easily be 1-4, and four. and hey, I guess that's the NFL today. The Steelers found a way to win a bunch of close games last year. But how good is this team really, in your mind? Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's the, what I base it on, uh, Adam. I, you know, they came back from, uh, at Indy, 13 down, and, you know, and, and then they came back from 17-0 last week against Miami. And I think the Bengals from two years ago lose both those games probably convincingly. So I give them credit for having some resolve and, and some resiliency. I'm not going to sit here and crown them the division champs, but I think this is a, a significant game form. Not, not you know, significant because not a must win, of course, but significant because now if you're five and one and you put the Steelers in a two, three and one hole, that gives you a little bit more breathing room. I know we're not even to the halfway point, uh, but I think I think the game. Uh, and I, I think I think because of what you said about who they beat, which is really not a whole lot of anybody, I think if they feel that they beat the Steelers, then they can somewhat stamp themselves uh, legitimate. Certainly their fans and the media will, that's for sure. You know darn well they're sitting there saying, well, let's wait and see how good they are. Wait till, wait till the Steelers come in, who are 17-3 and in Paul Brown Stadium. So um, I, 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 they're scoring points, which they haven't done. You know, Andrew, I look. They averaged 18 points a game last year, and again, I know it's early. They're averaging just more than 30 points a game right now. That's a big difference in today's NFL. They have talent up front. Um, you know, they have talent in the secondary, um, but they allow a lot of yards rushing. And the Steelers, you know, historically, look at the last 16 games, look at the last 13 games that they've played. They've averaged 112 yards rushing. They average uh, 25 rushing attempts in the last 13 games against them. So, Pretty good chance they're going to do the same. And when you look at the this six-game winning streak, Steelers have averaged 31 carries and 119 yards. So I think you can pretty much guess what they are going to try to do uh, against the Bengals. Gary, are the Steelers going to deploy Joe Hayden the similar way that they did last week against A.J. Green, the way that they did with Julio Jones? 
Well, I'd be shocked if they didn't add him because they did that last year with A.J. Green. They put the Joe Caden on him. If you go back and look, um, you know, uh, when Joe was at the, with the Browns, he always matched up with A.J. Green. Now, they, it, you know, despite the fact that they've each been around, well, A.J. came in in 211 and Joe Hayden came in before that. Um, you know, they haven't met that many times because both of them have been injured a lot during those meetings between the Browns and the Bengals. So I want to say this is only the sixth time that they have met because even last year Joe was out for the other one, correct? Am I right about that? Or he just no, he just came back. Did he know? Right. Yeah, and so um but I would expect them after what they did last week and what they've done and what Joe has done historically, if he doesn't shadow AJ Green, I'll be I'll be shocked. Cincinnati's offensive line better, but still not good. I think Pro Football Focus has them thirtieth, thirty first, thirty second, somewhere in that regard and all you need to do is flip on the tape and see okay that's where they're not playing well on that offensive side do you think Stefan Tuitt maybe gets off the shelf this week maybe we see his first sack of the season well I think the key is going to be in the interior uh you know they drafted Billy Price with their number one pick the kid from Ohio State and it gets hurt at the combine blows out his pectoral uh, uh you know in, in doing the weightlifting and then, um, you know, is injured now, so he's not going to play. The guy who's playing center has never played center before this year. Um, so I think that's an area that they can try to exploit. They brought in Cordy Glenn. They traded for him from <laughs> Buffalo. And, you know, while he's an improvement at left tackle, um, you know, he hasn't played very well. But he's an improvement over what they had last year. But the problem I have with the Bengals, uh, Adam, unlike the Steelers, they do not retain their key people, you know, uh, they let both Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler go two years ago. Those were their two best offensive linemen, and they let them go to free agency. Look at what the Steelers have done. They've given second contracts to every one of their offensive linemen, and most certainly big contracts to their best two, uh, David DeCastro and Marquise Pouncey. But the Bengals, just they just won't do that. And so then their line just you know was horrible last year. And uh, then they're put in a position, you know, the last two years, now they're put in a position – where they got to bring some guys in. So while they're better than last year, I don't even think they're better than what they used to be three, three or four years ago. Jerry, really appreciate the time, man. Uh, we'll talk to you this week, uh, next week. All right, Adam. Good chat with you. You too. That's Jerry Dulac, Post Gazette, and of course the Steelers Radio Network. Brought to you by the Pub in Tonnendale, Oakdale. Three dollar Bud Light, sixteen ounce aluminum bottles are available during all Steelers games. We are live, of course, at the Carson City Saloon. We got the Bud Light Happy Hour coming up tonight from 6 o'clock until about 6.45. So it's really the Bud Light happy 45 minutes as we'll be leading into uh, our broadcast of Robert Morris University Hockey with Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta. Jerry keeps calling me different names. He does. I mean, he called me Andrew. I think last week he called me Mark. He called me Alex whenever he introduced me to the golfer whose name I already forgot a couple Fierick. of weeks ago. Yeah, it was Jim. And it, I don't think he does it maliciously, obviously, but it is funny the way that that goes down. No, every, it's, it's three weeks in a row now. We're going to have to keep funny. count. Yep, it is. I called him Gary. You did. It was like a little jab, and I think he threw it back at you with the Adam, too, because he came back with Adam. Like I, I, think, I think there was a little like name sparring going on there. There was, and I am not content to lose that battle, my friends. <laughs> I'll call him whatever the hell I damn well please. Yeah, it's the Andrew Crowley Show, damn it. Yes, it is. Coming up next. The Penguins' defense, eh, still not great. The Steelers' defense, great last week. We'll examine both. It's the Crowley Show.
This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Stop you On ESPN Pittsburgh <laughs> and the iHeartRadio app. Joey Bag of Donuts tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. You should make a show consisting of nothing but the stuff that happens after the first commercial. I mean, isn't that what we do already? Yeah. What's he getting at there? I don't understand. Was that was that was he trying to be funny there and like point out what we do here? I replied and said, I thought we did. And he said, Good point, smiley emoji. Oh, he was being coy. He was being crafty. He was being a funny man. Well, I don't appreciate it. Yeah. There are four people who are allowed to be funny around the show. Brian, Tom, myself, and days like today, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Turn your damn mic off. Kidding. You're good. And I guess actually a fifth joins us now. Our former interim, Jerome Papadipolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolop
All right, Joe. Dro- okay, wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. If you're going to give us a take, and I, I appreciate the take that you're about to bring, you need to bring it with energy. Yes. You need to be loud. You need to do what you've done in the past. We know you've got another level there. Your John Carroll University radio program needs energetic Jerome. So Not give us care. the take. Give us the take that we need right now in the way that we need it. And I don't care where you went to college. Baldwin-Wallace. Baldwin-Wallace. Doesn't uh, matter. Give me the take. I'm going to tell, tell you right now, guys. Should have drafted a quarterback. Energy, Jerome. Eli, look at him. I mean, the guy, like you guys said, he's a former show. Bring it up, Jerome. You had that quarterback class. It was this quarterback class. Up. was pretty darn good so far. More, Jerome. And I'm not seeing, More. I'm not seeing that in the next year's quarterback class. I mean, maybe Fire in your eyes, Jerome. It's, Get still, it. it's still pretty early. Get it, Jerome. So we'll see, I think that guys have been a mistake. And I'm not saying Saquon's not talented. He's ultra-talented, like you guys pointed out. He is the only part of the offense, but I know I have a question for you. Do you think they should move Odell Beckham because he can't, Eli can't give him the ball? No, what you get a new quarterback. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What do you mean? You're going to get rid of him because your quarterback sucks instead of getting rid of the player who sucks? Get, Jerome, get the hell out of here. Good talking to you. Jesus. Oh, you guys. No, get the hell out of here. Go back to John Baldwin Carroll University. Jerome. I miss that guy. Love the that interim. Guy. What a great guy. The How did we not come up with the interim until he I, left? I don't know, Tom. I'm so upset about that right now. I'm so creative that things just come out of my mouth without me meaning it. Months later. Yeah. Good job, Crowley. Way to be on the ball there. Yeah. I can be really funny hours, days, weeks, and months after I need to be funny. <laughs> yeah. No, think you of just it. proved that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really knocked it out. Of really the good trait that I've got there. You killed it, dude. Good he job. actually did sound a lot more passionate. There was a little passion. There was. There, there was. That's the Brian LaMartina coaching right That's, there. I've gotten to Jerome's head. He's thinking about me. He doesn't want to go through the boot camp he went through before. I'm a little proud of Jerome. Me too. Jerome's like my little buttercup that's like just growing up in front of my eyes while growing out. But he's up in front of my eyes. The take was a trash one, though. <laughs> Should they trade Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah. No, here's what you do. You've got Saquon. You've got OBJ. You've got the ability to score points if your quarterback doesn't blow. So maybe, just maybe... You get a quarterback who doesn't suck. Ah, no, you get rid of OBJ. You send Barkley out. Why do you have Why do you have any of those people if your quarterback sucks? Next year, <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be catching balls, and Saquon Barkley is going to be taking balls via handoff from William Greer. And they're going to be a good football team again. Yeah, and, and Eli's going to be in the bathroom soaking balls because he's retired. What, are you going to do it for Brady now? Brady needs a new guy soaking balls? Oh, I see what you said there. Wrong balls. Eli sucks. The Giants suck. I'm done talking about the Giants until later on in the show with the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. He's not the only veteran quarterback in the league who's struggling, though. The Steelers got one themselves. And I know, I know, I know, I know that they won last week and even in the game that they lost against Kansas City, they put 37 points up on the board. But Ben Roethlisberger has not been consistent at all. They, right now, if he's consistent, would probably have lost a game and would not have tied the Browns. All he needs to do is turn the ball over one less time against Cleveland and they win. I mean, I don't think that's a stretch. They wind up tying them, and they turn the ball over six times. He turned the ball over four times. So be better there, and you go to Cleveland and you win like you always do. 
Be better against Kansas City. And I know that they gave up 42 points. It's tough to ask a quarterback to have to be perfect. But how about not going three and out on your first three possessions of the game? How about not turning the football over? How about when the game is on the line, you're trying to hold serve against Kansas City in the second half, when you're throwing it to Ryan Switzer, you throw it to Ryan Switzer and not 10 feet outside of where Ryan Switzer's miniature body can go get the football. They're not great right now as a football team because the quarterback is not great. And maybe this is just what he is at 36 years old, but I still expect more from him. And the elbow thing, I think, is real. He's brought it up a couple of times. He tends to do that. He tends to over-dramatize. We all know that. But when you look at the film and you see what he's done and you've seen how the offense has sputtered out at times, it's because he's not been great. So running the football is a must. Get behind that offensive line. Follow your big boys through the trenches and get it done that way whilst Ben Roethlisberger becomes the quarterback that you're used to seeing. The Steelers' defense is going up against an offense that has a bad offensive line. So I want to see Stephon Tewitt have success. Their center is playing for the first time as a center in the National Football League. Uh, that's not going to go well. So expect some twists, expect some stunts, expect some of that double A-gap pressure that you see all the time patented by Dick LeBeau and now used via lease or whatever it is by Keith Butler. Expect to see a lot of that. And one more thing for the Steelers' defense that I need to see is Joe Hayden matched up one-on-one with A.J. Green. As good as Tyler Boyd's been, A.J. Green is their wide receiver who catches the ball in the end zone. So you take him out of the game. He's got five touchdowns. Boyd's got two. You make Boyd beat you, and you say, "Mm, let's see what can happen there. What day is it, boys? Friday. Friday. It is a Friday. Which means it's a free movie Friday. Really? Yes, it is. Woo! The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and you get to skip the lines. Today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text BURGER to A-T-O-M-1. That's BURGER to 28661 for your chance to win. You want to win some cash? Fat Jack from FatJackSports.com joins us next. He'll help you with that. It's a Crowley show.